You're listening to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, a show where your hosts, Darian and Ethan, discuss the controversial topics often avoided by the church. They also discuss culture, society, and everyday goofs. And now, Darian and Ethan. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a special guest. It's not Ethan, but it looks just like Ethan, and his name is Spencer Lermer. Hi, Spencer. Hi, Jerry. <laughs> This is uh, my awesome bass leader. We've been friends for a little bit. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, I've been in Honolulu for, for 10 years uh, with YOM. Nice. Moved here from North Dakota. Nice. And uh, had my call into missions shortly after I got saved. I guess I, I got saved when I was 17. Or I, I, I repented and gave my life to Jesus when I was 17. Grew up in the church, but that's when it really, yeah, really yeah. stuck. And, uh, and shortly after that, Got a call into missions while I was while I was in college. The Lord spoke to me in one of my classes cool. and called me uh, into missions, and uh, I ended up finding this place. Kind of just happened to, mm-hmm. and I had no clue what YOM was. And I came here full intention: come here, get some training, go out uh, on mm-hmm. the mission field somewhere foreign, um, and and kind of that was going to be my life. And mm-hmm. uh, ten years later, I'm still here. So I've done pretty much every conceivable thing you can think nice. on the on the YOM base here from. Uh, doing a couple schools to leading outreaches in DTS to being mm-hmm. a property manager to working in maintenance to leading the DTS uh, me and my wife uh, and now uh, my wife Madison and I are, are the leaders cool. of the base here so we've been here and this is where God has us for now and yeah. it is a foreign field compared to where I'm from yeah <laughs> uh, but but yeah definitely not not what I had expected so I guess that's that's how life goes right cool. you follow God you don't get exactly what you expect but yeah. you get something good so. yeah I came here around the same time, not here, but to YOM around the same time of like college. So we have similar starting stories, kind of, but still a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Know, man. So um, who knows how long you'll be here, right? Yeah. May I'll be here for a long time. Yeah. I've already been here for almost two years, so like two months under two years. Yeah. A couple months, maybe. Wow, man. That time flies. Yeah, it does. Um, we're recording a little bit later in the day. Um, it's, it's so funny because me and Ethan, like for the past like few podcasts, we recorded like right after dinner. And we used to record every podcast at nine and like finish at 11 at night, like every single time. And it's just like so funny. We'd be so tired, like halfway through the podcast, we have coffee <laughs> and like all the stuff. Um, and we haven't recorded one like late at night for a while. So it's kind of funny to be back and like back in your office because we used to always record in here. Um, it's kind of nostalgic and f- filming late at night. Yeah. This it's is the last week of this being my office too. I'm going to move. Oh, really? Week, yeah. Nice. So it'll still be available. Um, okay. My chairs won't be here though, so I don't know what you guys are gonna do. We'll find something yeah. to sit on. <laughs> we'll sit on the ground. Yeah. But just got my kids' bed, so it's almost my bedtime actually. So nice. we'll we'll hang in there though. I think yeah. we'll have a, a spirited conversation. Yeah. It'll be good. Me and Ethan have this great idea to start a podcast where, uh, and no one steals idea. It's trademarked. Um, <laughs> where we would have every episode in a different location, and it would always be moving. So like one time we'd be like on a surfboard in the middle of the ocean like recording the podcast somehow don't ask me how yeah, we'd be yeah, doing it audio issues yeah we'd be doing it somehow and then like another time we'd be in the back of a truck or something just like the point was we'd talk about like culturally relevant like issues it'd be funny and like make some jokes but we'd just be in a, like a ridiculous situation the whole time yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd, be, that'd be kind of funny it wouldn't be like super serious but yeah yeah that's what that reminded me of well, hopefully you guys can pull that off. We'll yeah. see. It'll be our more like fun podcast. We'll start in a little bit. Yeah. Right once on. we have a little bit more of a fan base. But yeah. First things first day. Yeah. So 
today's episode is gonna be a little different, might be a little longer than they usually are. Usually we try to keep them around 25 to 30 minutes. Maybe it'll be that short, maybe it'll be an hour, who knows how long it'll be. We're gonna talk today about the big scary topics that I seen like all my friends get anxiety over talking about. Um, and like a lot of those topics, um, one of them is aliens, one is like AI taking over, the end of the world, like whenever you can think of that gives you anxiety about like what if the world like goes in this direction and like Jesus comes back. And what I would say mainstream Christianity usually says is, well, Jesus will come back before that happens, right? And I'm sure that's been said over the years forever. Like when TV or the internet started, people are like, oh, Jesus is going to come back soon because like this techno technological advance, right? Um, so we want to try to tackle those things and say like if Jesus doesn't come back, within the next 10, 50 years, and we get this much farther in technology, or this discovery happens, aliens are real, and they come to our planet, or we make contact with them or something, like, can you still believe in God? Can you still have that foundation? Um, or does it negate the existence of God? And so we'll kind of dive into that, explain like what those things are a little more in depth, so we're not just talking about like nuanced topics that no one has any idea about. Um, yeah, we'll get into it and have a fun conversation. It'll be a good time. So, if Jesus doesn't come back, what do you want to talk about first? If well, I, those things? I think, just while you're talking there, um, I just think about how it seems like ever since Jesus rose from the dead, ascended, gave the Great Commission to his disciples, I think almost every generation, every, every century has thought, this is it, you know. It's going to happen in my yeah. life. He's coming soon. So it says in the Bible, right? He's coming soon, right? Yeah. Um, John talks about it being like the, it's like the final hour, right? Yeah. So uh, I think I think almost everybody has thought that it's ending soon. Yeah. And you know, for I mean, it depends on how you look at it, right? God's not slow. He doesn't tarry like we consider it. But for us, it's like, well, it didn't happen in those people's lifetime yeah. or the next generation or the next generation, and now we have you know, 20 generations right. and it still hasn't happened. So, um, we don't, I think it's like, we don't really know right when, when he's going right. to return. And he even says like, it's not, it's not for you to know that time has been set. It's mm -hmm. been fixed. And he changes the topic. I love in acts where he, he like, he changes the subject almost when they're yeah. like, Lord, when will, when will this all be like, when mm -hmm. are you going to restore your kingdom? And he says, it's not, that's not for you to know, but mm -hmm. Uh, go and wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high and you'll mm -hmm. be my witnesses in mm -hmm. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So it's almost like he ignored their question, right? And he's yeah. like, you don't need to worry about that. Here's what you need to worry about yeah. being my witnesses. So I, I, I was thinking about that a little bit earlier too and it's just like everybody's thought. I'm sure, I'm sure at some point um, throughout every century something cataclysmic was happening whether it was local or, or mm -hmm. global if they had the knowledge of, of what was going on in the global scene I'm sure some Christians somewhere thought they were seeing the apocalypse yeah they thought they were seeing the end right yeah. and uh, and they were not correct about that mm. I do think however we're in a strange day right a different day yeah and there are unprecedented technological advances that are happening now yep. that are going to change the way that humans interact and, yeah. and we do things uh just forever it'll be a, it'll be yeah. a, a really globally not just change. on like a a small scale yeah right? and and for the first time ever yeah. we're, we're globally connected mm -hmm. and we can see all those things too so um 
Yeah, I, I was I was thinking about just like the the place that we're in because we're in a really unique unique place. But um, uh, just thinking about like all of the things that are are converging, mm-hmm. and uh, and it does make you wonder like how long it can go, like yeah. how much how much further yeah. can we take it yeah. as people, especially people who don't believe in God. A lot of the mm-hmm. a lot of the tech stuff. Uh, are from the either materialist or atheist yeah. uh, folks. They're, they're the ones that are mostly involved in that. doesn't mean that there mm-hmm. aren't people who believe in God involved in that. But right. their, their goals, um, I just I keep on getting reminded of like the Tower of Babel situation hmm. where yeah, it's like, you know, they're like, let's build a great city for ourselves. Let's mm-hmm. make a tower to the, heaven, to the heavens and we'll make a name for ourselves so that we won't be, yeah. be divided. And God says... Uh, in, in his wisdom like we can't let this happen we need to come down and confuse their languages and spread yeah. them out because otherwise there nothing will be impossible for them and he doesn't actually mean nothing will be impossible but right but I think what he meant and maybe this isn't theological theologically correct but I think what he meant was uh, they're going to consider themselves God instead yeah. of instead of having to reach out to to him mm-hmm. uh, so they were making this you know they're making Making idols of themselves, and that's where you kind of saw where you saw uh, different men being worshipped and things like that. Yeah. That. So uh, now we're in a we're in a place where, with uh, with with tech advancement, and I know you we're talking about the singularity before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in a place where really that's what people are trying to do. Yeah. So it's definitely a unique time. Yeah. In, Super unique. Yeah. So, you want to talk about what the singularity is a little bit? Yeah. So I mean, as far as I as far as I understand, um, yeah. I guess it was a term that was was coined by someone quite I forget the guy's name, but it was coined by him uh, quite a while ago. But it's most recently been brought up um, by by certain folks that are are in specific fields of of study mm-hmm. or or technology, and um, the singularity is is a convergence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of taken from like the singularity of a black hole. It's mm-hmm. where everything is sucked into, and it, it's just you know we don't know what happens there. Right, but, exactly. But like, there's some sort of extreme thing that, mm-hmm. that people are assuming happens there. And for for technology, a technological singularity is where things like artificial intelligence and robotics mm-hmm. uh, and biotechnology and yep. nanotechnology uh, and quantum computing, all of those things are advancing, and they all are playing off one another mm. and a lot of them are being absorbed into information technology and once they're in mm. information technology they they have kind of a, a predictable um, growth curve mm. uh, and it's an exponential growth curve and the singularity is when all of these things are, are advancing so quickly that it almost seems instantaneous right and it's totally out of our like reach and control it, right. it's just out of our ability to comprehend like how fast mm-hmm. things will be changing and one of the guys who's made it kind of really popular recently is, is a man named Ray Kurzweil, who he's an inventor. Uh, he has a bunch of crazy, like, uh, powerful inventions that he's, he's brought uh, into the world. So he, he, like, did, like, Xerox stuff and text-to-speech mm. stuff and, right. uh, you know, brilliant dude. But he has been talking a lot about this, and he, over the course of his career has made predictions about where technology will be hmm. and over the last like 30 years he's been 86 percent correct wow which is unheard of people don't even yeah. get close to that uh, so he has this uncanny ability 
to predict where things are going to be as far as technology mm -hmm. goes. And it's because he figured out like when something gets absorbed into information tech, mm -hmm. the the growth curve for it becomes really predictable and it's, it's an exponential growth curve. Mm -hmm. So he kind of uses that as a model and he puts all of the, the technologies into that and then he makes his predictions and he ends up being 86% correct, mm -hmm. which is you know, astounding. Yeah, and, um, very significant. And he thinks that the world is going to reach a technological singularity in 2045, hmm. which is 25 years yeah. from now, which that's, I mean, that's really bizarre. So yeah. that alone, say if, even if he's off by 10 years, mm -hmm. 20 years, um, that alone, the idea of all of these technologies, uh, especially I think for most people, what's the scariest is artificial intelligence Yeah. because then what are these machines start to do and yeah. what decisions do they start to make and, and yeah. what does that mean for us yep. if we don't have our hands on the wheel anymore or, or at least we don't you know, yeah. have any, any ability to steer it uh, yep. away from where it might be going. Uh, what does that mean? Is it going to be pro-human or anti-human? Mm -hmm. uh, and right. we don't know. Yeah. But he, he thinks it will reach that technological singularity in 25 years. Hmm. And um, you know, for most people that would be listening to this podcast right now, Still going to be here. Yeah. So if that's true, if that's true, um, then we're going to have, uh, even leading up to then, we're going to see some really crazy things in our yeah. world. Um, it's a little anxiety inducing. Yeah. And so, so, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Because it's so unknown. And, yeah. And I think the whole idea of whether or not that's a pro-human or an anti-human thing. Mm -hmm. And some... Some of the, the people in the field, like the AI field, are thinking that it'll probably be fine, you know, uh, it, like, mm. but they're all aware, like, it could end up going poorly. Right. I've heard a bunch of those guys say it, like, right. it could have, they're like, I don't think it will, but it could. But it could, yeah. And it's like, well, that's nice, man. That's awesome. <laughs> so I even saw this one guy, he was talking about it, and, um, and he said that he thinks that it will probably end up eventually end up going south for mm. humanity mm. but he's in the field to advance it anyway because he thought why not yeah and i was very, like, very interesting like kind yeah of a, kind it of has a, to be a very like humanist kind of view of like this is the point like the pinnacle of evolution we're going in this direction i maybe i don't know his worldview or his mindset but like if we're going there anyway, I might as well, like if I have this passion, like work towards it if we're going there anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think that's what they think though. It's just a yeah. part. This is a natural part of the evolutionary process right. for humanity because really if you're a materialist, mm -hmm. which I think a lot of these, these guys are, um, and gals, not all of them are guys, mm -hmm. but if you're a materialist and all there is, is matter, yeah, then what is the difference between your persona being on a machine and it right. being in you, you're just like a, a, a flesh mm -hmm. machine, kind machine, of right? You're yeah. just a, a, a biological machine. Yeah. Um, and you're essentially a robot of sorts, but mm -hmm. like, what's the difference? So for them, they're, they're just, they're thinking this is just going to happen regardless. It's just the natural mm -hmm. progression. And I think a lot of them would probably be of the mind that, well, if we don't work on this, someone else is going to. Right. So we might we might as well. I'm interested in this. I want yeah. to see these advancements. I want to make a difference. Hopefully yeah. I can put a little bit of input in there that's going Control to be a little bit. Going to be good and yeah. have a good outcome. Mm -hmm. But they just don't know still what yeah. what's going to happen and, and some of them even think like that's probably going to end 
uh, in a in a way that we're not intending. Mm. So, yeah, and that's that's likely. Yeah, Elon always said, or I've heard him say a couple times in interviews that like biological humanity, this version of us, is the bootloader of AI. Like we're the the thumb drive that plugged in the computer that gave it the the system to do what yeah. it's gonna eventually flower into doing if it ever gets that far. Yeah, well, that's it's, a crazy. It's very interesting. Crazy view, right? Yeah, <laughs> very wild. He has a very fatalistic view of the universe, which is strange, but yeah. Whatever. Well, I mean, you kind of have to. I guess I wouldn't like I would if you don't if you don't believe that there's a god, and mm-hmm. you don't believe there's a transcendent being, or you don't believe that there's a spiritual reality to life. Mm-hmm. Then your options kind of run out, and all you're left with is fatalism. Yeah, like either you're just going to expire and then not exist, mm-hmm. or there's an eventuality. Say you can even like Ray Kurzweil. They think that you're going to be able to back up your brain like your phone backs right. up at night right. and you're going to be able to store your your memory and then biotech stuff will be so advanced that we'll either be able to cure all the diseases or just give you some sort of bionic thing if you have a part of you that's messed up or, yeah. an, or grow an artificial um, organ like we already can mm-hmm. do stuff like that where they can grow things uh, in, in a lab and grow tissue mm-hmm. uh, and or you know they can do genetic modification stuff like I mean by the time it gets to like a technological singularity, their idea is that people aren't going to die yeah. unless there's some sort of like what Ray Kurzweil says, unless you're hit by the proverbial bus mm-hmm. and you just end up not because mm-hmm. it's sudden, it's an accident and you're not there anymore. But as far as disease and sickness and like scarcity is going to be gone. So that's not going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to have to fight for food. We're not going to have any. Well, the idea is that we're not going to have any issues with killing each other because yeah, we have all we need. Yeah, um, but you know, I think you and I both know that people don't only fight over resources. Yeah, so I don't think that's probably going to be yeah. the case. Um, but you know, their idea is that you're never going to die, and eventually, you know, you can just upload your brain, your consciousness, mm-hmm. whatever whatever that is. You can upload your consciousness onto some sort of platform, and you can be inside of a mm-hmm. a robot, and you can move yeah. move forward in that way. Uh, but even then, eventually, something big from outer space is going to come and hit the Earth and it's probably going to be done away with. Mm-hmm. But the hope is that at that point, because of the tech advancement, we can be an interplanetary right. or maybe even interstellar Type species. 2 civilization. Yeah. Yeah. Which is Elon's thing, right? He wants right. to he wants to be interplanetary right. um, and go to Mars, which, you know, it's very interesting. I'm mm-hmm. actually kind of, I'm kind of excited for them to try to do that because yeah. I think it's really cool. Super cool. Um, I, I think that's going to be hard to do <laughs> you know yeah, I, don't know, I don't know if it's gonna work out or not and you know yeah God bless the folks that are trying to go yeah um but but yeah uh yeah i think it's very interesting that these things are so hypothetical and they seem like so far out there they're like the things of science fiction but they're the most popular like movies and shows mm. like um i don't know the name of a lot of these but i know there's well, one on HBO called Westworld or something like that. Um, that's all about AI and robots and like simulation and stuff like that. And it's like I think their most popular show besides Game of Thrones. And then Netflix has one that's super popular. Um, it's called Carbon something like Altered Carbon mm-hmm. or something, um, which is all about like uh, biotechnology and basically backing up your your soul or your memory or your brain into different 
like biological skins, basically. And it's just funny to me that all these things are so like kind of out there for us, but they're the mainstream, like they're the most popular thing we like to watch. Is like whether it's for the horror reason or just for like the intrigue reason or whatever it is, like we love to consume it. Even though if you like ask people, they'd probably be like, "It's never gonna happen." Yeah. Or yeah. maybe they're just saying that to um, be purposely ignorant so that they don't have to face like the fear of thinking maybe those things are gonna come and not facing like the reality of what like what actually exists. Am I all there is or is there more? Which is very interesting. Um, but maybe let's like take this out of the the hypothetical the like maybe these things could happen because so many like smart people talk about these giant topics all the time yeah. like Elon and Stephen Hawking they always say like this is absolutely going to happen mm. and it seems like the consensus of everybody else is no it's not you yeah, know what I mean sure. <laughs> and like of all the like the dumb people or whatever like the um, the people that are on their level are like Maybe that's like a little out there. Like that's your opinion, but everybody else kind of seems to agree that that's kind of far-fetched and we kind of as a culture agree it's far-fetched and so that means it is far-fetched and it's mm. probably not going to happen. Um, but like as we um, further ourselves in technology and culture, they seem to be becoming more and more likely. Um, but I want to talk about um, how we can see the beginnings of them now to sort of make it real for the people like watching, right? Because mm. I don't want it just to be this thing that like really smart people talk about and we still are ignorant of, but more we can see like the progression of how we're getting there instead of just arriving on it one day. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was thinking like for AI at least, like um, for a long time I was thinking like AI, like we built that, how could it like take over us? That mm. doesn't make any sense. Um, and then I watched this video like four years ago or something on like actually how AI works and we have... We have AI in, in everything right now. You have AI mm. in your phone. Yeah. Facebook uses AI. Um, lots of cars use AI yeah. to drive themselves. Yeah, we have, Siri is AI. Yeah. So anytime, or Alexa is AI. Yeah. So. And of course, there's different levels of it. Like, um, there's a, a business in San Francisco right now where the middle level management, so not like the CEO or anything, or like the lower tier workers, but the little, middle level management is just an AI. So. Mm. So the the owner of the company like built this AI and works on it, but the AI runs the business entirely. So it hires independent contractors, tells them what to do, like what tasks to do, evaluates their work, and then pays them. It does everything, like all the middle level management stuff. It does, and so all the CEO, all the CEO, all the CEO does is manage that AI, and the AI does all of the work for him. Wow, which is incredible. Yeah, and so we can see that. Like, this is advancing, and all you have to do is um, have human beings turn on each other and want to fight each other with this AI, or simply, like, give your AI the, the programming to say, learn on your own, or mm. try to improve yourself, mm. so I don't have to continue to try to improve you. It takes work off of me if you just improve yourself, yeah, yeah. right? Because the point of AI is we, we say, try to learn this, like niche uncomplicated system like like putting like this here over and over mm -hmm. and then it just breaks down complex systems into a whole bunch of just those little systems so that it can do actually complicated things but complicated things are really just like small little movements yeah like done quickly mm -hmm. right and so it learns to do those things and it can do bigger and harder tasks over time as it gets more refined um and as we program it better 
But if we programmed one to say, you learn on your own, you make yourself better so I don't have to, which is essentially what AI is, that's basically something becoming its own thing, right? And it can start to say, well, if my programming says to make me better and you're getting the way of me making me better (laughs) and I'm the one who says what's better, then theoretically it can go in whichever direction it deems to be better. Yeah, I mean, or whichever direction you program it, depending on what the program is, um, and that could go well or not well. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Uh, I know maybe three or four years ago, Facebook had this experimental AI that they bought or maybe licensed or something from uh, the people who actually made the AI, um, and they let it loose on Facebook for like a couple hours, and so they just wanted to see how it would learn, like to see if they could use it and stuff like that. And within like the hour, the the AI had like created its own language that they couldn't understand mm. and was communicating with itself and like learning outside of the restrictions that it had pro- like they had programmed into mm. it. So it had it had basically become sentient on its own of making choices outside of what they have given it um, and started it to do its own thing. Right? They programmed it to say you learn like the best way you can and you make these decisions. Um, and that's what it did. You know what I mean? So, like, as that is an example, like, we're not necessarily far away from these, like, sci-fi things happening. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that thing is something that's happening right now that could be a very, re- like, real future five, ten years down yeah. the line. Yeah. And the same thing goes for, um, like, integrating technology and biology, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we already kind of do that, like... You wear a smartwatch, a lot of people do, and that tells you like what your food does to your body, how your workout like affected your body, the kind of sleep you got that night. Like, There's not a lot of differences from that thing being on your wrist and that thing just being in your body, yeah. right? It's already an extension of who you are. My phone's already an extension of who I am. It's just not like glued on my hand. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Like we could say that it changes something to have it like in my wrist or something like that, but besides its permanency, it does technically the same thing and it's with me basically the same amount of time yeah you know what I mean yeah and there's certain things that we do that for some people like would freak out about uh, and then other things that seem acceptable yeah um, so for instance if you're talking about biotech stuff a lot of it is for the sake of health yeah absolutely and, and extending people's lives or dealing with problems whether they yeah. have organ failure of some sort or they have you know, some sort of disease or sickness. So we already do. I mean, we already put pacemakers in people mm-hmm. and that's keeping them alive and it's, it's artificially yeah. keeping them alive and everyone accepts that as a viable thing to do. I don't know anybody who, mm-hmm. I, I haven't met anyone who said, no, you shouldn't give that person a pacemaker. Right. So it helps their heartbeat for right. another couple of years. They're going to become a cyborg. However long, you know, but I think what, what ends up being different though about where we're headed is the smaller and more complicated and smarter things get yeah then then it becomes this like weird unknown thing so i mean even like yeah uh uh, ray kurzweil the guy he Mm -hmm. talks about your phone is already a brain extender right i mean you have so many things that you do with your phone and it's outside Mm -hmm. of your body it's just in your hand all the time but you're looking at it and you're communicating with that thing is information going into your brain from it you're inputting stuff into it Mm -hmm. and it's a brain extender you have like the wealth of human knowledge right that we've Mm -hmm. amassed as people in your hand and you can search you know whatever at any yeah. point um and we we're, we're really fast those things 
We just need to take an intermission. All right. Um, and we'll be back in just a second. <laughs> All right, we were talking about how your phone is a brain extender. Yeah, so this is what a lot of these people in, in kind of the tech field already consider. It's like these things are outside of our bodies. They already kind of enhance our ability, mm -hmm. and they do. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah. You can do things now in, in a shorter amount of time, uh, and you have information that would have taken you, uh, you know, it would have been really difficult to find, but you have it just right at your fingertips. And, yeah. Uh, there's certain parts of that that have improved our lives and certain parts of it that have definitely made life more difficult and, and mm -hmm. uh, more mentally challenging and, mm -hmm. and all sorts of things like that. But um, but their idea is, well, what's what's the difference, right? They, they really think, what is the difference between it mm -hmm. just being inside you? And one of their things is, well, eventually there'll be like nanobots that you can actually inject into your bloodstream yeah. that will go throughout your your body and they will whether they're for the purpose of repairing something inside of you like a like a medical issue yeah or being a brain extender yeah and going into your brain and integrating with your own synapses and all that stuff right they talk about that and mm -hmm. a lot of people when they hear that like no there's no way there's yeah. like no way and you, this sounds far-fetched and yeah we're a ways away from anything like that being yeah. possible but uh, but these guys are saying like, no, in 20 years, that's yeah. going to be something that's, that's right at the door. Yeah. And, uh, experiments like that go on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, you mentioned Elon Musk, he has the whole Neuralink thing right. that they're working on and right. that's a little, they cut out a little piece of a person's skull mm -hmm. and I don't know if they've started trialing this yet, but they cut out a little one inch by one inch piece mm -hmm. of skull and they put this Neuralink thing in and sends these little nodes into your brain mm -hmm. and it, it, gives these little pulses and their goal initially is to be able to heal certain problems if people right. have uh, brain damage issues with their nervous system or yeah. something like that some part of their body is is paralyzed or something mm -hmm. I think that's their goal is they want to fix that but yeah but then you know I heard him talking about well eventually people are going to be able to just communicate with each other without talking yeah and so wow. when you hear something like that it's like alright man like that's <laughs> that's crazy um, but but it's not far away. That's the goal that yeah. these people have. So I think it's I think it's one thing to uh, to maybe scrutinize some of that mm -hmm. um, and say like, okay, well, I need a little more. We need to see a little more thing, right. a little more unfold. Uh, but you can't ignore that this is their goal. Yeah, and that's something to be aware of, just to know where we're at in the world. Like, yeah. what what's going on? What are people trying to do? Mm -hmm. Where is this headed? Because if these people are making these advancements and they're kind of taking the the technology and, and they're steering the ship in that way um this is their goal so what does that mean what does that mean for us yeah and uh and how do we how do we respond what do we participate in and what right. do we not participate in that's that's a hard kind yeah. of question and i suppose that's up to a lot of people's personal convictions but yeah i don't know what you think about that man like what do we participate in yeah and, you know i mean you'd have to clarify what we're talking about right what field we're talking about right right um, I would say it is up to everybody's personal um, convictions. Me and Ethan have had probably debated over nothing more than this topic. Oh, really? Um, but it's been a little bit, yeah. In maybe a couple years ago, we had this feud go on and on forever. And we'd always, he would always ask every new person we met, like, 
this question because he just wanted to talk about it so much. Because I would always talk about um, like integrating biology and technology. Like if I could have like legs that would allow me to jump over a house, like <laughs> why wouldn't I want that? You know what I mean? And he always be like, "No, dude, like you can't do that. Like you're not allowed to do that." And so we'd always like debate back and forth on like like if you could, if it was morally like right or wrong. Because technically, like the body is God's creation. Like, can you purposely do that, or do you have to have like a medical disability for that to be okay? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, at, sure. at what point does that become okay? And so we debate over that all the time and get in very heated uh, arguments over it. Yeah. Um, but I would say I don't know. It's it's such a hard thing to talk about because right now it would be easy to just be say, yeah, like for medical reasons, like we should try to continue this research and these experiments because like. If I could allow someone in a wheelchair to not be in a wheelchair anymore because they have like a little chip in their brain, like, and Elon Musk said like that can be a possibility a year from now, mm. like why wouldn't I want that funded? You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Um, but I can also think about that with the the eyes of human beings are evil, and that's definitely going to be used for good and also evil, yeah, most likely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if someone can cause chaos, like there's going to be someone that wants to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like some people could use it for evil but think they're using it for good. And some people could use it for good and be doing good. And then some people just want to cause chaos. And maybe there's someone who knows how to connect to those and like they know how to short circuit them and make them blow up and kill you. Or like something far-fetched. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and at the same time, like when you think about that, I don't, I don't think – and I haven't thought about it enough to like fully give a full answer um, – I don't think I would stop experiments just on that specific thing. If we could help people um, that are in wheelchairs or whatever brain disability you have, um, that that would help. Um, and I would say just put checks and balances on that thing as much as you can, which is mm -hmm. what we try to do with everything, right? Like sure. With all the drugs we create, we can use them for evil, and we have. Um, but we try to have checks and balances on them to make them mostly be used for good. Yeah. Which is what I would say about that mostly – but I think it's so case by case, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's also difficult because we don't know precisely what we're talking about. Like, yeah. what's going to be the thing on the table? Yeah. Right now, they're saying, like, well, we can help fix a person's body by putting mm -hmm. this little thing, nodes in their brain. We already do that with, like, people's hearing. Yeah. They already do that, and I haven't heard anyone throw a fit about that. Right. It's like, hey, that, that kid can hear now because right. they have this thing, and it's, 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 you know, and they have the little thing attached yep. to their, their head. Yep. Um, I have some friends who have that. And I don't have any problem with that, you know? Yeah. So I think that there is, there is, you know, like, I guess some thinking to do about, well, how far is too far? Mm. And I don't know if we're, if we're going to know ahead of time. But I think that yes. that's why I would always stress really being connected to God and knowing and mm -hmm. knowing Him and being able to to interact with Him and hear yeah. Him and understand His ways and uh, with whatever He's revealing to us, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, all that stuff has to be revealed to us. But, um, but yeah, like there's a at a certain point, if if people just back up and say, "Well, we're not going to participate in any of that," mm -hmm. it'll be a situation like how the Amish don't participate in a lot yeah. of like technology stuff, and they slowly kind of different, different yeah. Amish communities will do different things. Right. But um, for the most part, uh, a lot of folks, a lot of people that are, are Christians, 
don't see it necessary to not use electricity or mm. not use modern uh, technology that we have. Um, but when you start talking about, I think like when you start talking about the goals of, of immortality and godlike mm. status that these people do have, yeah, then you have to start thinking, okay, well, how far am I going to, how far am I going to go right. in participating in that? And then also realizing there's still a mission field there mm. and somebody is going to be having to understand their language, understand what they're doing, yeah. understand, uh, their worldview in order to reach out to them with the mm. gospel. And for that to happen, that person's probably going to need to, in some way, engage with those things or participate yeah. in some of those things. Uh, and it doesn't mean that necessarily everyone will, but, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like outright sin to yeah. participate in some of the, in some of the, the technologies. Because like you said, it can be used for good or evil. Mm -hmm. And there's, no way that no one's going to use it for evil. Like right. that will happen with yeah. everything, and we, we yeah with everything. So, um, but then there's also people that will use it for good, and this is part of being free. Mm -hmm. You you have the ability to make a decision like that and and choose what you're going to do with something. Yeah. So. So yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. It's a, that's a whole crazy. It's a whole crazy thing, and yeah. I think the thing about it that. I think about because I've heard some of these people talk about this is if what they say is anywhere close to true mm. that means this is closer than we think mm -hmm. a lot of these jumps and these advances are closer right. than we think so there's no there's no sense in just saying oh that will never happen right I think that someone should look at those things as honestly as they can and do some research if yeah. you know if they're interested in that or even if they're not maybe just to realize okay where are we at mm -hmm. and um, it happens all the time and that Ray Kurzweil talks about it all the time he says that he makes these predictions and all all of these people in that community look at him like dude you're crazy that's not mm -hmm. going to happen that soon and he ends up being right and the reason he ends up being right is he talks about how a lot of people think of things linearly mm -hmm. and he's like once a technology becomes an information technology uh, so once it enters like this is just information that's computed mm. essentially and then there's some sort of output from it once it enters that realm the the growth curve is not linear anymore it's exponential hmm. so you know right now we think about i mean one one small uh example is like autonomous cars self-driving yeah. cars I've, I've mentioned before like yeah all these people say that at the end of this decade all the cars are going to be autonomous. Yeah. And everyone that I've said that to that hasn't, that hasn't like watched these people talk about that. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, that yeah. won't be a thing. Right. That won't be a thing. Everybody. But we can already, we already, they already have autonomous cars that work yeah. and function quite well. Um, and so they have some bugs to work out, but every time a Tesla is driven, it is collecting data. Right. You know, and there's, there's millions of miles a day being mm -hmm. driven in those cars. I'm sure. Uh, all over all over the world and uh, they're collecting data and they're updating and they're making things better and uh, you know Waymo is the is the big one that mm -hmm. had the, the self-driving uh, cars that were, that were pretty successful so uh, there's different people that are working on this stuff yeah and uh, it's really not far-fetched to think that by the end of this decade that 
our vehicles are going to be autonomous. Yeah. We can already do it. I mean, it's yeah. almost unreasonable to think that they couldn't be. Yeah. In my in my mind, right. uh, and like it just will keep getting kind of better and and better and mm-hmm. f- and faster as well. So, um, so I think those things. I think they're good things to think about, but they're not things that we should be worrying about yeah, or, I agree. or like or like afraid of. Um, we do need to know where we actually stand on that. Yeah. You know. And if say say if like some of these things start to happen, and AI is really mm-hmm. is really taking off to a point where it's it's out there noticeable, mm-hmm. and people are starting to get freaked out by it. Well, what do we do? Like, what do yeah. we respond to that? Um, what if it happens that uh, we're we're seeing this exponential growth start mm-hmm. to really pick up? Uh, I think it'd be better to be ready beforehand than to just yeah. be like. Absolutely. Freaking out because you didn't know that this was this was coming, and mm-hmm. and then, you know, do you hunker down or do you, right? Do you uh, go to work? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that it kind of comes back to what Jesus was talking about when his disciples asked, "When will you come? What, like, when are you going to establish your kingdom? Is mm-hmm. now the time?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "It's not for you to worry about. Yeah, uh, that's set. And what yeah. you need to do is be my witnesses." So I think for us as, as Christians, all this stuff is possible. These people are working on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it might be good even for some uh, people that have some objective morality to be injecting mm-hmm. some of that worldview into some of the artificial intelligence. Because yeah, they're going to make the artificial intelligence. No mm-hmm. one's going to stop that. Yeah. Unless there's something really cataclysmic that happens to the earth right. and all of our, our tech gets taken out in a really... Uh, crazy event which mm. that would offer its own challenges yes um but i mean we would we would get back on we would get back online we would build this right. stuff back up right but unless something like cataclysmic happens and and like unless yeah something like that happens and it, it stops this progression the progression is going to happen mm. they're going to make these artificial intelligent machine yeah. learning uh capable mm-hmm. computers and and they're going to keep growing and they're going to get better and they're mm-hmm. going to get better faster than I think we are yeah are ready for mm-hmm. so who's giving them the worldview yeah. that's kind of the the thing that yeah that um, is interesting about it so talk about. so this question I have it doesn't seem logically like a lot of these things negate the existence of God mm-hmm. right but so often, this is my natural response, like when I think of humans cultivating like several planets, like if I watch like a space movie or if like mm. you watch like Avengers or something like that, right? There's just so much like far out things. I think, mm. I think very deeply during movies for some reason, uh, it's just what happens. Um, and I'll think in this like reality, like how could God exist? Like if they're having like intergalactic wars mm. and stuff like that, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then I like also maybe like closer like if AI takes over and like we're like the minority now and like there's this higher evolution or whatever of like sentient robots like how could God exist in like a dystopian future like that you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, why do you think that is like the knee jerk reaction for us like fear that like our worldview is incorrect if something that massive happens? Because for me logically god can still exist if any of those things happen yeah right we've had we've had plagues that have wiped out half the human race before 
You know what I mean? When the human race was much smaller. But <laughs> um, but we've had like we've had massive things happen that have wiped out a lot of people yeah. before, and it hasn't been the end of the world, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so something just as massive as one of those things happening um, doesn't defy the the reality that something has to be eternal, right? Something yeah. something has to be uh, infinite, infinite. You know, yeah. it's either matter or it's God. Like those are your two options. And if you want to say it's matter, then that can be your worldview, and you can stick to it. Or you can say it's God. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it seems to me that there's design in this world, um, and that the nature of this world is to descend into chaos, which is completely scientifically provable, that things don't just go to order, they go to chaos, right? Mm-hmm. And so it seems that there's some amount of natural order that is not designed by human beings, and I would say that um, that lends itself more to the the worldview that a God is infinite and is the infinite thing that exists. Um, and I don't think that is negated by like a world that's so different from the one that we live in now with like so much change, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But why do you think like fear is the first reaction of thinking of something like that close? Like if we colonized Mars and like we have intergalactic travel and like all these things that seem so like far-fetched. Yeah, well, I think anytime there's something that's super unknown, people are typically afraid or they have a reaction mm-hmm. of fear to it. And I think the fear part that we deal with is, is you know, from our worldview, like mm-hmm. the biblical Christian worldview, that's part of what happened like in the fall and, and the order of the world and, and the, the fact that we have kind of this cosmic battle that, that goes on and there's some mm-hmm. sort of realm uh that there's an enemy of god that's operating in there's some sort of realm that angels are operating in and they they somehow intersect and overlap with us and one of the tools of the enemy seems to be fear Mm -hmm. right because uh god is constantly throughout scripture whether he's delivering the message through an angel or through a prophet or he Mm -hmm. himself he's constantly saying don't fear don't be anxious don't worry he's constantly saying that um and there's there's good reason for that because mm-hmm. the primary problem that we have is we we lost trust in God or we distrusted God mm-hmm. and we we lost our security right so we're super vulnerable yeah we're super vulnerable beings and people yeah and, uh, and we realize that about ourselves even if we're not thinking about it mm-hmm. and people often have kind of crisis when they are, are faced with like the idea of mortality mm-hmm. and um, that's because we have this insecurity when we're not connected to God or, or when there's something that's, you know, it's an unknown thing. It challenges our faith. It challenges our trust in him. And the enemy mm-hmm. is constantly trying to grind away that trust in mm-hmm. God. He's, he's constantly trying to do that um, to, to the whole world, to humanity. I mean, this whole COVID situation is one of those deals. Yeah. Like a lot of people like, like, wow, like the things that we thought were secure, yeah. no longer secure. Yeah. And there's a lot of fear. There's still a lot of fear over it. And mm-hmm. it's been going on for months now. And, um, you know, it, it's just, this is a part of, of this kind of spiritual battle that we're in and we're not necessarily, uh, aware of everything that's happening in that regard. But, yeah. uh, but I think that when it comes to like unknown things, there's that insecurity and in our mortality, mm-hmm. uh, that, that comes up to people's minds and there's something about it when it seems bigger or larger than life or mm-hmm. ch- like, like this is out of my, my comprehension or beyond my grasp. Um, 
it does seem to kind of challenge like our belief system because we're like, wait yeah. a second, but but yeah, I believe in God and he's supposed to be the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And yet this thing, when I'm thinking about it, it seems so big. Mm-hmm. But really when we think about who, who God is, if he is an infinite being, which he has to be an infinite being and he is right. an infinite being and it says that he is spirit. We don't even know what that means. Yeah. You know, we don't know what a spirit is. No one, yeah. knows, no one knows what consciousness is, which I think has something to do with spirit. But right. um, no one knows what that means. And yet most people don't freak out when they think about how big mm-hmm. God is. And yet he's so massive yeah. and so beyond our comprehension that it, it should be something that we have mm-hmm. some fear over. It's like, that's why like, yeah, the fear of the Lord, right? Yeah. Is there, it's actually uh, translated as terror in some, in some cases. And yeah, uh, it, like the thought of who he is should make us afraid because yeah. he's just like, we can't grab it. it it's just beyond what we can, yeah, we can grasp. Can't comprehend it. And, um, and I think with some stuff like this, it's obviously not as big as God, mm-hmm. but when it's beyond what we can grasp or beyond what we can kind of control in our little world and we think like, yeah, these things, these artificial intelligent things could come in and mess up my life or mess with my family mm-hmm. or let's say there's there's aliens or something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and people are afraid, a lot of people are afraid of aliens because it's unknown, right? Mm-hmm. It's foreign. It's, uh, it's we, we have no yeah. uh, framework for what, what another being like that mm-hmm. uh, from somewhere else would be. And there's this there's this reaction of fear because it just seems like we can't we can't control any of it yeah and, and we like to think that we have things under control even when we don't absolutely and um and I think that that's yeah probably playing into some of that stuff hmm. right I think there's a great example of that um, on a much smaller scale that almost everybody goes through especially nowadays. Um, where we're talking about, like, on a grand scale of your worldview being challenged by something so large um, as, like, a, a cataclysmic, like, world change. Um, but when you go to college is the main time for people to fall away from the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you think, at least, like I thought, and I know all my friends thought, like, when you go to, like, your worldview, when you go to college, like, you got it figured out. And you go and something is challenged in your worldview, and it was something core. Maybe not, like, God's existence, but... Like something your parents grew up teaching you or an authority yep. figure grew up teaching you and it turns out that they were wrong on that mm-hmm. issue, right? Or someone presents a whole new worldview to you and you think, maybe everything's wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if this thing that I, that I learned from this trusted person that taught me like most of the things that I know was actually not true, but just like their best attempt at, at finding truth in this area, whether it be like politics or medicine or something like that, mm. um, how can I be sure that like that my whole world is what I thought it was? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you just scratch everything. Yeah. I have so many friends that were like way over here in like how they grew up, and then they just went like as far as they could to yeah. the other side, mm-hmm. right? Because all of a sudden, what I thought was true isn't, and so I'm just gonna go all the way over here because that's this isn't safe anymore. Yeah. Right. Sure. I need to find like what's true, and so I'm gonna go all the way over to the other side. Um, and I think that's sort of the same of what you're talking about of like, this is more of like a large scale, the world changing. Like if this big world change happens, like is anything I thought was real, really yeah. real? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think the best way to combat that is really, really knowing what you believe. Like the same yeah, way of sure. really knowing how to combat, like going to college and having your worldview tested is having it tested before you go to college. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like testing yourself and saying like, have I really like wrought through all of these things 
and well thought through my worldview so that I can answer the questions that are gonna come up for myself yeah. and like in the problems that I'm gonna face, right? Yeah. So I know for me that like no matter what happens to me in my life, no matter what cataclysmic thing happens, small, big, whatever death happens, whatever like emotions I go through, I know, and I always come back to this almost every day, what we already talked about, that there has to be something that's eternal, mm. and it's either matter or it's God. Mm. And if it's God, which I think I've proven to myself, then he has to be a God that, um, that communicates. And the only God that communicates that I can see based off of our humanity is Christ. Mm. And so there's so much more that goes into that worldview, um, but just as a quick, like, pipeline to my worldview i always go back to that no matter like yeah what tries to get me to doubt the lord of my worldview i always go back to that um and that keeps me uh keeps me safe and i challenge all the time to make sure like i'm actually believing what yeah what's true you know what i mean um but i think that is what people need to do to keep um like to keep from fearing like these large things you know yeah. what i mean absolutely no i i think that's that's right on man because the problem that a lot of people have when they go off and get their their ideas challenged is mm. they've never thought through their ideas. Yeah, they've just received them, and there's nothing wrong with receiving an idea if it's if it's a right idea. Yeah. Uh, but you're so susceptible to being deceived if mm-hmm. you don't know why and you don't have good reasons. And there's there's a variety of things. It's not just the logical reasoning, but mm-hmm. there, there's your whole being in humanity and, and mm-hmm. reality that's hitting you in the face every day. Yeah. And all those things that they go into, they, the, you know, they need to be taken into account. So I, I always kind of think about two things when, when it comes to, when I have an idea presented to me that is mm-hmm. challenging. So these things that we've talked about already have challenged my ideas and I've just been strengthened because I've went through yeah. the process of, of, of kind of hashing it out myself and, mm-hmm. and trying to figure out, well, where do I actually stand here? And I stand where I've always stood, and that's on the presupposition that I have for my worldview. Mm-hmm. And there's only a few options that are viable that anyone accepts. Right. Uh, and we have a teacher that comes here to the base that, that teaches this when he talks about worldview. And there's the biblical Christian worldview, there's the secular worldview, and there's mm-hmm. the Eastern worldview. The biblical Christian one says there's an infinite and personal God. That's mm. the presupposition. Mm. That's where it's the metaphysical presupposition. It's where, where all of this came from, uh, where, you know, all of life and material and everything came from. Uh, it's, there's an infinite personal God. The secular one is, uh, there's just infinite matter. There's right. just stuff. Uh, right. And then the, the last one is the Eastern worldview, which is there's an infinite impersonal God. Right. And, when you look at, if you take that as your building block and you follow it out with all of the things that we see in life, all the things we can test and measure and observe and all the reality that, like I said, hits us in the face every day when we wake up, mm-hmm. the fact that all human beings value certain things and they're drawn to certain things, you know, every movie is about love and heroism. Right. It's like there's nothing else. All there's no other movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, unless it's just complete nonsense to right. make you laugh or something. But even in those ones, there's usually some love and heroism. Yeah. And, and there's something about sacrifice and there's something about, about love all over the place. There's, and it's always relationship focused. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no movie that ends with all of the relationships falling apart and anyone feeling good about that. Right. You know? uh, I don't even know if they've made a movie like that. Yeah. But, um, so there's something to that. And then like the, the option between things having 
no rhyme or reason or organizer or mm. one who set them in order versus there being a, a being who set these things in order, mm -hmm. whatever the nature of that being, I mean, he's infinite. So it's like, we can't even say like, like who is God? Like we see his attributes. We, he presents his attributes and Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So we know what he's like as far as we can grasp. Yeah. But what he actually is, I mean, it's so beyond us, but, um, uh, God versus no God. I'm going with God. Everything in my life, yeah. all the reasoning, all the things that I, I can come back to the building block and say, there's an infinite God. Mm -hmm. And then I can also come back to the building block and say, there's a personal God. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not just an infinite impersonal force, yeah. but there's an infinite impersonal God because we have personality, we have relationship. Mm -hmm. All these things come from, from him. And that's part of our... Um, it's part of the image of God in us that we, we value these things, I mm -hmm. think, anyway. And um, so I, Before I we go on that. really fast, yeah. we just got to take one more really quick intermission. All right, man. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully this is working. If not, it'll just be audio. Uh... So we've gone an hour. Yes. All right. We should wrap up then. Huh? Doesn't matter. Oh. Wherever you want. Um, All right. So you were saying we're back, yeah. So I was saying you're gonna go with the, the personal God, the presupposition. That's kind of like the foundation that we're that you're standing on as far as your belief, the structure mm -hmm. of your belief. Your foundation is your presupposition. Everyone has to have one, and everyone takes that by faith. Yeah, and there's not another option because you can't right. be 100 percent positive because you just you don't have a big enough brain right to be 100 percent positive about that. So right. there's a portion of unknown and mystery in it, and you take it by faith. Uh, but those are the three options, and the one that makes the most sense by far, and you can trace everything back to mm -hmm. and say, yeah, this is consistent, is the idea that there's an infinite and personal God. Right. Um, so that's the first part that I, that I stand on. So whenever one of these things comes up, say we're talking about uh, artificial intelligence taking over the world uh, you know, in that apocalyptic scene, right. or we're talking about... Uh, there being some sort of thing that manifests itself as an, a, an alien. Mm -hmm. Those things, though I may not necessarily believe like, well, that's probably what that is or, mm -hmm. you know, that there's more than one explanation if, if there was like a UFO or an alien. There's right. more than one explanation than the, the right. Hollywood version of in, a space alien from a different planet coming right. out of you. There's, there's other explanations to that too. Um, so you don't necessarily take that at face value if something like that were to happen. But, mm -hmm. Uh, there's more than one one option to consider but like if you have an infinite god who everything has to exist inside of this god in some yeah. way because if he's infinite that means nothing is outside yeah. of him so everything's inside of him um or exists yeah, i don't know how that works but yeah. you know nothing is outside of him within his parameters boundaries. Yeah. then uh anything that comes up technically would still fit in that in right. there. anything that you could be perceiving in the moment be like mm. okay I'm not exactly sure what this is but this doesn't dethrone the infinite right. God and it doesn't actually challenge him right uh, it might make me rethink some of the things that I've held on to or believed but mm -hmm. I can still come back to my presupposition no matter what happens mm. on this earth or outside of this earth uh, or in whatever dimension mm. and I can say that it doesn't necessitate me throwing out the idea 
and the belief mm-hmm. that there's an infinite and personal God. So that's yeah. like the first thing. And then the second thing that I, that I stand on is I know this God. Mm-hmm. He's not just like, you know, this, this huge, large being, yeah, and, and I th- have a theoretical relationship with him. Mm. I have a real relationship with him, right. and I know him, and, and he communicates with me, and he gives me revelation when I read his word and when yeah. I pray. And I've had experiences that are inexplicable yep. experiences, miraculous experiences, mm. and it wasn't anything I did. It was, it was, mm. it was God, and um, I, I have a bunch of church history to back that up, too, and right. the Bible to back that up. And a bunch of Christians on the planet right now, mm-hmm. living with and knowing this God, and right. uh, and there's so many things that they would all affirm that are the are the same about this God. He doesn't right. he doesn't change, and and he's he's good, and I know him, mm-hmm. and I've I've had experiences with him. So there's a shared global experience, right? Yeah, Christians. yeah, yeah, for sure. In a sense, I mean, like people will see different things and have of different measure of revelation mm-hmm. of him and and it's always the case that uh we don't all hold all of the correct beliefs you know so there, right. there's and that's another thing about it too it's like you get one of your beliefs challenged so like that makes sense you have yeah. a belief challenge because uh when are you going i mean you're going to be able to hold on to all your beliefs right now until the day that you die <laughs> and not right. ever give that any of them up some of them are wrong and some of them need yeah. to go um so you need some of them challenged but I think that it just it makes it more necessary to be mm-hmm. certain about the things that are most important. And from a, like a, a kind of a, a rational way, believing that there's an infinite and personal God, and holding on to that presupposition and saying like, okay, I've, I've thought that through, and no matter what a person says to me, it's not going to dethrone that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to take him out. Um, it might mean that I need to reconsider how I navigate my life. Could mean that, uh, but then I also have uh, my personal, legitimate living relationship with him. Yeah, and absolutely. He, and he is life itself. And and then we have scripture, which is uh, written form uh, of God's revelation to us. Yeah, which. Is I mean it's an astounding thing if you really look at it. what yeah, the Bible is incredible. and how it's how it's composed and the things that are there mm-hmm. and, and how consistent of a story it is uh, and and how amazingly it represents life. Yeah, it, it's it's an incredible book. Yeah, and it is it is divine. It's divine yeah. inspired and um, and hours and hours like years of like content can be talked about and its complexity. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it has been, and it's yeah. not exhausted. Right. So we still talk about it. Yeah, still talk about it, and still get our minds blown. You yeah. Know, I read the same passages over and over, and mm-hmm. you know, God will reveal because it's like it's almost like He keeps some things hidden. And, yeah. You know, what does it say? The proverb: "It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the yeah. glory of kings to seek it out." Yeah. And if we seek Him, then He ends up showing more of Himself to us. He, he shows yeah. us these things, and He gives us these revelations, and we just grow mm-hmm. more in that way. But, um, but yeah, like with all of these things uh, that are, are happening in our world and are going to happen and the rapid pace that the world's going to change in a way that has never happened in history, mm-hmm. um, I think those things are pretty important to, yeah. to be settled on. Uh, and if something, if, if something, if you can pull one little string and it completely 
destroys your belief system. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a very good belief system. Yeah. You should you should like relook at it at least and say like okay mm-hmm. like what was I what was I actually standing on there? Right. What was that was I built on a firm foundation there or was mm-hmm. I not? Because a little breeze came up and it knocked yeah. it all over. So yeah. um, I think it'd be worth looking into more um, mm-hmm. for people. So absolutely. So as kind of a wrap up for this. Um, I would love to give some people some like application, like what they can do with this hour of content they've listened to. Um, and two things that I've just been thinking of as the podcast has been going on is one fear that we've been talking about, right? Um, but even deeper than just fear, kind of what it may come from is control. Mm. Um, and so I would say, and you can disagree, we can talk about it. Maybe you have uh, more insights on how people could apply this, but like by one, like thoroughly thinking about what you believe and figuring that out for yourself so that you stand on solid ground, something that can't easily be moved so that when something challenges your worldview, you don't, it's not toppled over. Yeah. Um, that's all like wrought out. And then past that, you can surrender control, mm. right? So that when something is challenged and something that you believed turns out to be wrong or turns out to happen, or whatever it would be, that you are also not destroyed. Yeah. Right? So you're standing on a firm foundation, and you also know that a lot of things you believe probably aren't right. Mm. Right? And so you hold things so loosely in the palm of your hand that when they're taken away, like the core, like the foundation where your hands are, is still there. You know, you lost something that you thought was real in them, but like your foundation is still there. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think that would take a lot of the fear of like, of all of it away, right? Sure. Yeah. Anything you want to say about that? Yeah, I think part of that is just to just recognizing that we don't know much. Yeah. Like we don't really know that much. Yeah. Um, the world and the universe and consciousness and all of these things we can talk about are extremely complex and people have been thinking about and trying to figure them out. And I don't know if we're any closer yeah. to figuring them out ourselves than we were when we started. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just realizing we're so limited and we're finite beings and we don't know that much, but God has given us an amount uh, that we can know mm-hmm. that is more than enough of what we need to know. Yeah. And it's more than enough for us to stand in that truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more than enough for us to weather the storms when they come and uh, more than enough for us to keep going and, mm-hmm. and to keep our trust in him. And all of the things that we really need to hang on to are going to are going to come by way of revelation if they're going to have staying power. Hmm. It, it's not just something that you figure out in your mind because I'm all about like thinking about things and trying to figure it out and trying to piece it together. Yeah. But there are certain things that are going to be mysterious and it's going to absolutely kind of reach a point where I can't take this any further hmm. and I need to put I just need to put my trust in God because. Hmm. I know who he is and he's revealed himself to me in this way. Right. So I trust him. I trust him as my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I trust him as the sovereign king of the universe. Yeah. And I don't need to worry so much if there's something that I don't understand or something that I thought was true and right. ends up not being there because what do I know? What right. do I know? And, uh, you know, a lot of people know a lot, but yeah. in comparison to what there is to know, no yeah. one knows much. And right. uh, so I think being kind of in a place of humility about that will help if any of those things end up being taken out in your belief system. Um, But 
what are the, what what's the fundamental thing right and uh you know in that just applies in a lot of different ways whether mm-hmm. it's uh the worldview thing and what's happening in life or uh issues and and differences in opinions about mm-hmm. different doctrinal things in the church it's like well what's the main thing right you know um the main thing for worldview is there's this infinite personal god right and you know he happens to love you and uh, and the main thing for for Christianity centers around Jesus, who mm-hmm. Jesus is, and the cross, and what He dealt with our sin, and He conquered the death that separates mm-hmm. from God, and He gives us an opportunity uh, because of what He's done to be reconciled to our Father and to live that life and to know Him, absolutely, and to have those revelations uh, and for be free. and be where yeah, be where we yeah. belong. And it's like you didn't you didn't work to deserve that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also aren't able to collect all of the knowledge that you need to to produce revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, God gives you revelation along the road, though, I think. So, yeah. so I think it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly worth um, doing a little bit of, of, of study. If, if those things are starting to shake you, there's mm-hmm. plenty of good uh, places to look. Absolutely. Um, whether they're kind of apologetic type things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have any you want to plug? Um, I, you know, I don't have any like certain mm. like apologists that I, I would listen to. Uh, I'll listen to kind of a random uh, yeah. group of people or like random uh, smattering of folks mm. here and there. Um, but one thing that really set me up to kind of navigate arguments, and this actually helped me when I entered like uh, college, was um, Greg Kokel has a book called Tactics. Yeah. And it, it just talks, it pretty much talks about navigating conversations and arguments and figuring out where there's a flaw in an argument. Yeah, I have. And um, yeah, it's a really good it's a really good book and and I I actually still thinks in some of those ways. Hmm. Uh, and I've read the book like three times and taken nice. notes on it, but I still think in some of those ways when there's someone who like they someone presents a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll first kind of take it through like is this even a viable challenge to mm-hmm. my belief or am I just getting like baited into a right. nonsense conversation right uh, does this does it hold any water does their claim uh, end up defeating itself right so I think you know that that been had been helpful for me um, but uh, as far as like the other the other stuff goes I mean like uh, Francis Schaefer has a bunch of worldview yep. stuff that's a bit more uh, complicated and mm. um, and yet gets down to like fundamental things. Uh, Ravi Zacharias, you know, yeah. uh, is always a good person. He always kind of brings the heart into it. It right. seems I really appreciate he how, that really well. how he presents or how he presented stuff. Mm. You know, he's passed this year. Um, but I know Frank Turek's the guy I listen to a lot yeah. who, who goes into yeah. this up a little bit. I listen to him a little well. bit. Um, also, William uh, Lane Craig. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So those people are good. Um, if you're looking for worldview stuff, mm-hmm. Uh, or kind of answering those hard questions, mm-hmm. um, but nothing in in my mind, none of that is going to replace experiencing God yeah. yourself. And you do experience Him in those ways, like yeah. you engage Him with your mind and you Absolutely. reason with Him. You do experience Him, but nothing replaces getting revelation. It's like how mm-hmm. I've met people who are like, I've read through the whole Bible, and you know. Don't believe. It's like yeah. you read through the whole Bible, but you you didn't get any revelation. They were like trying to scrutinize it, trying mm-hmm. to like um, look and see, like, well, what what problems do I have with this, or does this right. make any sense? And, and 
some people will get revelation and some people won't, but mm. there's really no uh, replacement for, for getting revelation. It kind of depends on how you approach right. how you approach it. But Right. It's more difficult for different people because they learn or experience different ways because yeah. God's created us differently. Mm. Yeah. So, Definitely. so yeah, but, um, but no need to fear. If, yeah, if absolutely. we do have this God, um, no need to fear. Yeah. And, uh, even if persecution or trial or whatever comes mm-hmm. our way, uh, we continue on because um, we know who yeah. we, we know who we belong to. Yep. And uh, no one's going to take us from His hand. Yeah. And nothing separates us from His love. So. Yeah, that's the best takeaway from this podcast. People don't need to fear mm-hmm. when they're presented with all these world-altering things. Yeah. Yeah. Altering. man it was great having you on yeah thanks for talking pleasure to hang out and chat about the stuff for a little bit thanks for having me absolutely hope we have you on again soon anything else you want to say or plug before we close this down uh not really i mean uh i think we we had quite uh quite a conversation yeah it's fun um, getting pretty late yeah yeah (laughs) but uh i mean you know god's god's good he's always good he doesn't change and uh even if you know, uh, a UFO shows up in the sky. Yeah. Even if uh, we have AI robots that are are, are changing all mm-hmm. of our all of the way that we do things in life, and, and things are getting crazy. Even if governments become tyrannical, which has happened. You know, yep. even if any of that stuff happens, it it, it doesn't change who he is. Yep. And uh, it also doesn't change the fact that he's made us witnesses, and he hasn't mm-hmm. taken us out of the world. Absolutely. He's left us in the world. Uh, and he's made us witnesses mm-hmm. in, in whatever time that we're in. Um, so uh, we, we endure to the end, right? And mm-hmm. we know that we have our salvation in him. It's, it's knowing him. That's, yeah. our, that's our eternal life. So. Heck yeah. yeah. Thanks, dude, for coming on. Love yeah, you. Man. Love you too, man. Thanks, bro. Adios, everybody. See you next week.